it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome in, everybody. Chris Landry here, and excited to be with you on another edition of the Landry Football Podcast, part of LandryFootball.com, as we do in our uh, various uh, – maybe make an adjustment here, a little technical adjustment to give a little bit more light here. Um, as we always do, i uh, like to welcome you and uh, tell you about what we've got going on in today's show. We're – we mix everything up in, in LandryFootball.com. And those of you that uh, – and we really appreciate those of you following. We do Scout's Eye Show, uh, get a, uh, a, a different look at the game, the college and pro game, do the Film Room Show with Scott Seidenberg. We talk college and NFL. We do the SEC Show, SEC Football and Beyond. We talk uh, SEC Football. We talk uh, Beyond That as well. And so we're really excited – we mix everything up here. Today, we're going to talk um, about a couple of things. want to remember Gail Sayers and, uh, Sayers and uh, the great career that he had and want to uh, spend a little time on that. I want to talk a little bit about there's been a lot of questions and a lot of upheaval um, regarding the onside kick in the Dallas-Atlanta game. I'm going to talk a little bit about special teams and onside kicks and the proper way that you have to teach it and execute it and what could have gone wrong. What does it mean? And then of course, we're going to get into some of the key games. We've got some uh, key games in college this week. Um, The SEC is starting and we've got a couple of big matchups, Tennessee, South Carolina, Auburn and Kentucky kind of lead the way in terms of big games, but we learn a little bit about a new look LSU, a new look Ole Miss and Mississippi state. And then we see kind of where the, the powers, Florida and Georgia and Alabama, how they come out of the gate. We'll take a look at that. But there's some other games around the country that um, really provide some intriguing matchups uh, in the ACC. Everyone's talking about Miami, Florida State. Louisville-Pittsburgh is one that uh, I've broken down inside LandryFootball.com. We break down all the games, more on that in a second. But that game is more intriguing in the Big 12, West Virginia, Oklahoma State is going to tell us quite a bit, as well as uh, TCU, Iowa State, that is going to be um, really intriguing. Kansas State, Oklahoma, certainly that was an upset last year. Um, So we've got every week here we'll get a little bit more into um, 
learning a little bit more about these teams. And, and of course, we break it inside the film room. A reminder again, LandryFootball.com is, is the hub of everything that we do. You can catch this podcast if you're listening to this podcast um, through LandryFootball.com or wherever you download um, through the Radio Influence Groups. You can um, listen to this podcast. But you can also watch this podcast every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. Uh, you can watch me on Twitch TV. So uh, very simple. You go to twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Uh, you go to LandryFootball.com and you click the Twitch button at the top and it'll take you right there. Or click follow Chris on Twitch, whatever. That'll get you there. You can watch us and you can interact. You can go into the chat room and you can um, ask any question that you might have, make any comment that you might have, be nice. Uh, but we certainly want to address that and, and make you uh, part of the show. And so that's how you can find us. But LandryFootball.com, it's important to, to mention what we do and why we do it. Um, you, you have an opportunity to go inside the film room and get these game previews that are from a coaching and scouting perspective. We'll tell you the keys to the matchup, what to look for, what has been unearthed from watching tape, how do the players grade to this point in the year. Um, and then, of course, after the games are over, who graded out the best in the games. And we do that at the college and NFL level, all the NFL games. And we will take all the best college games and preview them individually. Then we'll take the other games by conference and put them in a conference heading to where you get pretty much everything that you're looking for in the college and pro game in terms of breakdown. So check it out at LandryFootball.com. Try it out for a month. It's a great opportunity to become involved. Uh, Just try it out for a month, see how you like it. Uh, And then the best rate, go at the very top. You'll see the big savings at the top on the, on the right side, click on that. That'll get you the best discounted rate for an entire year for less than a magazine subscription. You can have your access to your own college and pro personnel scouting department. We lost a great one in Gail Sayers, a far too soon at the age of 77, but he did live a good life. Um, after his pro career, he had a very successful career starting a computer company. Very successful. Um, and he was a great, great guy. I didn't know him very well. I knew him enough and was around him enough to say he was one of the most humble people that you're ever going to find um, in terms of um, superstar as a football player. He was transcended in a lot of ways in that he was, large part, ahead of his time. There was certainly great backs. But he was, I'm not going to say the first, but in, in that era, into the 60s, he was, of the modern era, the most explosive, smoothness back. He didn't have a long career, well-known. You wonder if the modern technology of medicine to deal with uh, knee problems could have had 
a big impact on the length of his career, which is very short. A great kick returner. Uh, one of the pitchers right there, I believe, is um, one of his seven touchdowns against San Francisco in one game. Phenomenal leaper at the line of scrimmage. A smooth as creamy butter runner. Great change of direction. People have kind of compared him as a, a, a version of Barry Sanders before Barry Sanders. Now, he was a little bit different runner than Barry Sanders. But his change of direction was so elite. Um, tremendous. And, of course, the Bears are very fortunate to have a great running back in Walter Payton that was more of a power guy. But, boy, he had – he ran violently and had great ability to change directions in his own right. To have two of the great his backs um, come through Chi-Town is in the great history of the Bears and Chicago and the NFL and the Papa Bear, George Hallis. Gail Sayers was just poetry in motion. And he did it on a field that was crappy. I mean, Fields back then had no grass in the winter. You know, you he just, I mean, they were just, you know, he did, had to do it with a lot of cleats where it didn't wasn't conducive to a lot of speed. Boy, this guy had great speed, great bursts, great acceleration, great lateral agility. Uh, was simply phenomenal. Known a lot for the relationship he had with the late Brian Piccolo and who hasn't seen that movie? Uh, Brian Song Pick was a running back, a power running back out of Wake Forest. And Gail Sayers came out of Kansas, the Kansas Comet. You know, you can talk, and some people may laugh about the history of Kansas football. Um, there was a point in time where they were pretty good. They went to some orange, well, went to an orange bowl in the late 60s, 69. They don't have a great football tradition. But if you stack and you look at the list of great players that have gone to Kansas, they they have a number of outstanding players that have come through Kansas football program. Not as many as the football powers. But if you were to take, hey, give me your top two running backs out of your school, whatever, you know, whatever school, give me two, not five. Not three, two. You could do a lot worse than Gail Sayers and John Riggins both came out of Kansas. A rock chalk Jayhawk for the Kansas Comet. What a uh, a great talent from Omaha. Um, people have asked me over the past couple of days who did, that didn't see him on a regular basis. And most of my film work was, you know, most of my my seeing him was on film, but to compare him style wise, he was a lot like OJ Simpson. I don't know how many of you saw OJ Simpson play at USC or at San Francisco junior college or at, in the NFL Buffalo, not so much his time at the end with San Francisco, but Buffalo, but OJ ran the, the gliding style was 
reminiscent of Gale Sayers. Um, if you're not quite familiar with OJ, are you familiar with him, but you haven't seen him play, even more modern would be uh, a little bit Marcus Allen-esque. The gliding ability, the smoothness of running was just separated Gale. Um, a great kick returner. Made it to the Hall of Fame. And there really wasn't any doubt. But he had such a short career. And again, were we robbed of a guy that could have played several more years and just been dominant? The numbers would have been astounding. The explosive plays, the breakaway runs, the highlight packages that you have, you need to keep in mind how short of a window of a career he had. No one had as short of a career, but as good of a career, a Hall of Fame type of career. No one ranked better in those categories than Gail Sears. In fact, it kind of, I, don't, I won't say created a trend, but it was a little bit of a controversy. Well, he didn't play long enough. Oh but he was so great, you know, a completely different type of running back. But it's like looking at Bo Jackson and saying, yeah, he really wasn't that good because he didn't play long. Well, he didn't play long because of the hip. And who knows, again, health-wise, what could have been. You watch Bo play. You knew he was special and maybe potentially as good as anybody uh, it, it, it power speed combination. I don't know. Anybody could have matched Bo Jackson. Um, but Gail was different. Gail was the make you miss the glider, but he could explode through the hole very, very effectively. He always used that term. All I need is 18 inches of daylight. That's not a whole lot. But basically what that meant is just give me a crease. Give me a chance. And I will scoot through it. And hell hath no fury like trying to tackle that guy once he got through the front line, the opening hole. So, rest in peace. The great Gale Sayers. Um, There's been a lot of talk this week after the collapse of the Falcons, the comeback of the Cowboys, and there's a lot of elements to that. But there's been a lot of focus, a lot of questions about how do you deal with an onside kick? They didn't know, they didn't know the rules or whatever. Okay. First of all, it would be impossible for any player at this level to not be told the rules and explain the rules. Now, whether they knew it or not, whether they forgot it, whether they weren't paying attention, whether they never absorbed it, I, you know, you can't answer that. They knew the rule. But my best guess is they froze in the moment. And... I've used the analogy on a couple of other platforms. Um, it is similar to a slow grounder 
on the third base line that the third baseman has to decide whether to field it and not good chance to throw the runner out and maybe opting towards seeing if it goes false to kind of to save them. There's a little bit of a there's a little bit of an analogy there that I think is comparable. But but here's the bottom line on a couple of things. One, as you should know, and if anyone doesn't know, we'll explain the rule. The ball for the kicking team has to go 10 yards for them to recover unless it's touched first by the receiving team. The receiving team does not have to wait for it to go 10 yards. They could get it within two yards and they can get it immediately. But if they fail to recover it, they fail to make a clean recovery and the ball comes out, then it is recoverable by the kicking team. So let's understand the rules there. Make sure that. What I think happened is because the kick was so slow, the initial, if you look at the initial reaction was go and get it, but it was so slow that the Cowboys were almost in lockstep with the ball. Then in a spur of the moment, the receiving team, the Falcons, thought their best option might be to let it go, thinking because it was going so slow, it wasn't going to make 10 yards. Well, it did make 10 yards. And once it went 10 yards, as slow as it was going 10 yards, the Cowboys, the kicking team, were in great position to recover it because, again, they were in lockstep with the motion of the ball. So what do you do? Well, you should charge it. Well, okay, yeah, you could charge it and recover it had they done that, and it made not a clean recovery. Um, you got a problem potentially even with a kicking team member right there. Even if you recover it but it hits their foot, then it scoots out, that's what they're afraid of. afraid of. The proper technique to handle a onside kick is, and I'm for you listening on the podcast, I'm going to describe it in a little bit more clarity. For those of you that are watching it live, you can see a little bit more what I'm talking about. So when you're lining up, you've got your R, you, you determine your guys right or left. So R1 is the guy furthest right. R2 is the next guy in, R3, so on and so forth. Your, your R1, 2, and 3 have to stay frontal to the ball, and your R4 and 5 should circle in in front of the kick team so as to position themselves in front using the backside, using your body as a shield, from the kicking team so that they can monitor the ball and either fall on it. If you've got good position, the key is to fall on it. Even before it goes 10 yards, fall on it so that if it squirts out, it squirts forward into one of your guys. 
That's how you have to play it. Now, if it's a onside kick where the ball has got a lot more force, you won't get around as quick because the ball has gone faster, right? That's okay because if it's gone faster, you're not dealing with having to recover it in front of the kicking team because the ball's going so fast that you've got more space in which to be able to recover. If it goes slow like this one did, and you never know quite how it's going to come and how it's going to go out or how it's going to bounce. So you always have to circle in. That's the way I always coached it so that you have multiple guys facing both ends to be able to recover the ball. They did not do that. And obviously their decision to wait on the ball to go 10 yards was a, you know, allowed Dallas because they were right there. They were in as good a position, if not better, to recover it because they're going forward the ball than the Falcons did. So it was a slight panic, but the slight panic was not because they didn't understand the rule, in my opinion. The panic was, oh, it's coming slow. It's it's not going to go 10 yards. Let's hold off. And the, you don't sit there. It's easy to sit there and say, man, they should have thought this. This is a split-second decision. So the issue, and yes, there's fair criticism. Yes, it's on coaching. Yes, it's on teaching. Yes, it's on the execution of the players and making sure as a coach that it's executed properly. No doubt about that. But understand, it's easy to say, oh, they screwed it up. Great. Now, why did they screw it up? How would you fix it? Well, most people don't know. I'm telling you how you fix it. I'm telling you where they screwed up. Not so much in the complexity of making the decision split second. That is, I don't want to throw it and say it's understandable and no big deal. That's just tough. That's a tough call to make because if they go out and recover it, they shoot out and recover it, and it's not a clean re- recovery, and Dallas gets it. What is everybody saying? Yeah, it wouldn't have gone 10 yards. Why'd you go up there? That was dumb. You know that. That's, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So my critique of it, criticism, if you will, is that they did not do a very good job of executing the process. So why wasn't it good? What could they have done? I I hope that gives you a little bit of an idea of how you play it and how it should be played. So good lesson out there for any high school coaches listening or uh, college coaches. It's um, I I learned that, you know, Scotty O'Brien, Bill Belichick, we always taught that. So those are important things to keep in mind. Um, What up? Tell you about so happy to have our great friends at FanDuel with us. And we here at Landry Football are proud to be presented by FanDuel Fantasy. And a week three of the NFL is here this week. And we're entering our fantasy lineups on FanDuel. If you never played fantasy football before, great. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free this NFL season. No deposit required. And this year, FanDuel is now offering daily snake drafts. Oh, snake drafts are the simplest simplest way to try daily fantasy. Draft live just like season-long fantasy, but with winners every game day. 
the best of seasonal drafting with DFS all in one. How it works. Find a daily snake draft. Draft your team live. Draft starts as soon as the contest fills. You and your opponents will draft six players in a six-round draft with 30 seconds per pick. Unlike other FanDuel contests, there are no salary cap. So this is really excited. I, I think it's because it's such a new style, it is really a lot of fun. Just sign up, and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real prizes. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20 deposit match. Go to FanDuel.com slash Landry, that's capital L-A-N-D-R-Y, or download, uh, download the FanDuel Fantasy app to play now. That is FanDuel.com slash all caps L-A-N-D-R-Y. FanDuel, more ways to win. want to get to a couple of questions here and we're going to get into some observations from the week that was the college and NFL season. Uh, Richard from Tampa. And if you have a question, make sure that you send it to go to LandryFootball.com, hit contact Chris, and we will address it. Uh, you can also go on Twitter at LandryFootball, send me a question, comment, we'll address it. Uh, also go to um, our Twitch channel, watch us live. Uh, twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football and go to the chat room and send us a question or comment. Uh, we can uh, absolutely address it. So Richard from Tampa says, um, could you see a high number of ACL tears as well as other injuries like Achilles tears due to the fact that players did not have a regular off uh, regular off season due to COVID nineteen. Well, absolutely, Richard. We've talked about it quite a bit, and there's no question that that's a going to be a huge factor. Now, look, knees are a little bit buzzards luck, um, but what happens is sometimes the muscles and tendons around the knees affect your ability to maybe. Um, minimize the ability of the sharpness of pressure that, that ultimately tears ligaments. Short answer, any soft tissue injuries are going to be affected. We've talked about it all summer. You know, Richard, we, we forecasted through the medical experts that we're, we're going to have more injuries like this. And, you know, who they're going to happen to, you never know. And the significance of the players involved, you never know. But it was significant. And I think, uh, you know, something that we need to be prepared for. The hope is that as you get through more and more practices, we forget about the practicing every week. And there's something to that. Now, a lot of pad work I get, but there's still enough there to where you can get incrementally better and more prepared for a path of a football season physically than we've had this offseason. So it's absolutely a fact. Um, we talked about Gale Sayers, so uh, 
we went into great detail there. Hope you were able to listen to that. Um, Richard also asked in the Patriots and Seahawks game last Sunday, what stood out to you in that game? Um, well, both played well. I think that um, the Patriots showed some success in the passing game. Offensively, uh, doing a pretty good job. They're very good defense. They gave up, you know, uh, so what stood out to me that the Patriots are a good team and the Patriots will be a factor in, in that division. Maybe the Bills are the best. We'll see. Time will tell on that. And I think those two meetings between those two teams are going to be a lot of fun. Um, what I also noticed is Seattle um, did a pretty good job, very physical as they are. They limited a lot of the big plays, and that Russell Wilson is off to a great start again. You know, when all else fails, he kind of bails them out. I mean, he's kind of like he's like Aaron Rodgers. He's a different style of quarterback, but the fact that Aaron Rodgers can take over a game and put his team on its back, that's what Russell's been able to do. And I think as they get a little bit better and running the football, which is what they want to do, Seattle's going to be awfully tough. So what stood out to me is just how well Seattle was getting the great leadership and productivity from Russell Wilson and how, you know, solid this Patriots team is as well uh, in all facets. Um, <clears throat> Richard always liked to ask about my scouting evaluations coming out of various players. He is, uh, and he doesn't come out with the, you know, Tom Brady's. He comes out with a lot of guys. Richard does a really good job at that. He says, what was your scouting evaluation of Leroy Glover? Leroy came out of San Diego State. He was a three technique. He was a one gap penetrator that did a really good job at very quick use of hands. Could work the swim move very well. Um, he did a good job as a penetrator and making a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage in the run game. And had pretty good pass rush skills. Um, very good player. He also asked about Sammy Knight out of USC. Sammy Knight was a box safety played you know, better around the line of scrimmage. He wasn't great in coverage in college or in the NFL. He didn't run very well. He didn't have um, great turn and run ability. He didn't have very good transition speed. Good tackler, good around the line of scrimmage, and good short area coverage guy. Um, yes, about Amani Toomer of Michigan. Amani's uh, a good friend. I uh, only scouted him as I did all these players, but did some radio work for a while with Amani. Amani was a very – Good route runner, very physical, and did a really good job. Um, pretty good job catching the ball out of his frame. Very productive player out of Michigan. Very productive player with the Giants. And then Deuce McAllister out of Ole Miss. Uh, Deuce was, and that's another guy I've done a lot of media work, radio work with. Um, but I remember Deuce. Deuce was an outstanding back. He, he combined great physicality, speed, burst through the hole, had a shoulder injury issue that I think affected his draft status. I thought he was going to get drafted higher, had a very high grade on him. In fact, I was on, was on Ole Miss campus on the workout, and I was there with, um, well, a lot of people were there, but I was in conversations at the time with Butch Davis, who's the head coach of the Cleveland Browns at the time, and 
who I thought was going to take them. And I, they had a very high grade on them, but medically they were had real concerns about the recurring injuries. And this is a, a, a lesson to be learned here. When you see a guy and you label a guy injury prone on the outside looking in, all you know is, well, the guy's always injured. Okay. Yeah. You can't just say he's always injured. He's injury prone. No, you got to do more homework than that. And so when a guy is injury prone, the definition from a scouting standpoint of what's injury prone is a guy that is constantly injured with a number of things. He's a guy that doesn't heal very well. He doesn't um, absorb contact, and it's not necessarily a toughness thing. He could be, but not necessarily it. And sometimes it's just the body can't handle it, and you you're dealing with a lot of different things. Those are things that worry me. One thing you've got to be careful of. If a guy has an injury specific to a particular body part and he rushes back too quickly, whether he does it or maybe he's pushed into it or coerced into it, or he feels internal pressure to come back too quickly, you can re-injure. It was never, it, it may not ever get healed. That was the case with Deuce. So he was thought of, Hey, here's a running back got some durability issues, got injury prone. Well, Deuce wasn't injury prone. Deuce never properly healed the injury, and so it recurred and re recurred and recurred, and so he got labeled that, and I think to the detriment of the teams that passed on him, was really, really good back for the Saints and uh, still doing a great job with the organization. All right, good questions there. Again, if you've got a question, go to LandryFootball.com and hit contact Chris, send me a question. Go to the uh, Twitch channel, watching it live, and you can ask while we're on the air. Um, again, all the game previews, college and the NFL, we take you inside the film room. We give you the detailed film room analysis predictions. So whether you just want to learn more about the players, teams, coaches, schemes, and the matchups each week, if you want it to help you in your betting parlance, or if you want to, your fantasy stuff, you get a lot of people that um, are, uh, you know, find a lot of use there. So college NFL, check out the film room breakdowns, check out the notebooks every day that tells you what's going on around the league, who's practicing, um, you know, that'll help you who to play, who to sit, all those type of things that you need from a fantasy and a, uh, a gambling standpoint. Um, so check that out. Um, try it out for a month. Take advantage of our uh, year discount. You can see the savings right at the top. Um, we've got uh, some interesting matchups this week in the NFL. Let's start there real quick. A um, couple of things that I observed and looking at. As I kind of look at um, my notes of what I want to talk about. Um, the Rams and Buffalo. Real intriguing game. The Rams are playing early on similarly to the way they did in 2018. The offensive line's playing better. The defense, by the way, is really doing a good job. They are positioning themselves and moving Aaron down or around. They're, they're playing good ball. This is... The NFC West right now, 
Good to know. The NFC West is seven and one. I mean, they are just on fire playing well. Cardinals are playing well. Seattle's very good. We just talked about them. Arizona's, I'm not ready to, to say that they're in the class of those two, but they're good. And I think we're going to see with their early schedule, their record be better than maybe people might think. We'll see how well they do in the division. We know San Francisco's banged up. So I, I think the Cardinals have every reason to think they can at least stay in this race. But Buffalo, on the other side, has looked good on film. Josh Allen has looked good. Now, again, I think the schedule evens out over the course of the year. But when you're looking and taking snapshot views of a team, you must remember and look at who they're doing it against. I want to see how Josh Allen is able to protect the football, set the protections against this defensive front of the Rams, as opposed to the Jets and the Dolphins, with all due respect. So look good. Let's see if they can look good against better people. That is jumping out at me. Desperation time for Minnesota at home against Tennessee. Tennessee let Jacksonville back in that game um, last week. Um, this Minnesota team is very desperate. It's going to be interesting to watch that. You talk about desperate. Now, here's another case of Houston's not looking really good. And I even mentioned they're one of the teams that I've got concerns about. But I've got concerns because they're getting ready to go 0-3 in my mind. And that'll put them at less than a 3% chance likely to make the playoffs. Maybe a little bit higher if you throw in the fact that you've got an extra team to make the playoffs. Houston has played a difficult schedule, folks. I didn't think they'd be anything but 0-3. And if they had played very well, they still likely would be 0-3. Had they played the Jets, the Dolphins, the Bengals, they'd be 3-0. and They would still look the same on tape. They'd be 3-0. and That's the difference. And so whether they're able to beat Pittsburgh or not this week in Pittsburgh, or they go on three, the record concerns me in terms of their ability to get into the playoff race. But it doesn't mean that the, the team is, is not looking good on tape. But I do think there's a chance that they'll get better. Enough to get back in the playoff race, not sure. But they keep that in mind. Also, we've got Dallas and Seattle. We talked about how good Seattle is looking. The Cowboys have not looked good on tape. They beat Atlanta. You get a win. You don't apologize for it. When you start stacking up wins and losses at the end of the year, they don't ask how. It's like on a scorecard in golf. You just what your score. They got it done. 0-2, better than 1-1. One and, one. and Dallas is staring 0-3 in the face. Had they lost that game? Um, Seattle looks better. Um, Dallas has got to play better at the line of scrimmage. Their, their chances of winning this game is going to be directly correlated to how well they're able to improve their offensive line play and run the football against Seattle. If you're able to do that, you've got a shot. That'll create some opportunities because I, I do think Seattle does a really good job schematically on defense, one of the best in the league. And then offensively, trying to contain Russell Wilson. Um, it's a tough matchup. This is right now Seattle looks better. And they're at home. I know it's not a normal home crowd, but 
um, that is still a really good team if Dallas has to go on the road and play. New Orleans is hosting Green Bay again without any fans. Green Bay is running the football well. Aaron Rodgers is taking control when he needs to. That offensive line of the Packers are playing very well. Uh, the Saints focuses a lot on Drew Brees and, you know, he's old. He can't do this and that. Again, got to be able to run the football better. Got to be able to have the receivers other than Michael Thomas step up. So when Michael Thomas is not in the game, that their horizontal passing attack doesn't crater. And it craters because the confidence level in making side adjustments between the receivers and Drew Brees is not there. So that is the hesitation and the holding in the pocket. He will throw the football to a spot. He's got to know that it's there. And if he doesn't trust you, he doesn't pull the trigger. And we've seen in times where he pulled the trigger and it had worked. And it's been picked and it's led to some problems. So, yes, the offense is an issue. But the defense has to do a better job. They did not tackle well against the Raiders. And if they don't play better, the Packers are going to beat them and perhaps beat them handily. It's really a lot about how they're able to play on defense. And then, of course, um, Kansas City, Baltimore, in what shapes up to be the game of the year, certainly to this point. We're going to see a Kansas City team that is clicking pretty well offensively. Defensively, you can run the football on them. This Baltimore team will run the football. I think they've got a distinct advantage. Baltimore's look better to me overall. But Baltimore has to be able to maximize not just the ball possession, but points. Because if you have got a 10-point lead, 14-point lead in the fourth quarter, if the Chiefs get two possessions, chances are they're going to score touchdowns and get back in the game. So Baltimore has got to be able to finish. They've got to control the game. They've got to wear out Kansas City's defense, which again can be done, but they've got to maximize point value in the end zone. Can't be getting field goals and controlling the, the ball and think you're going to get it done. Um, so I think the key is how will Kansas City's defense hold up? How will Baltimore's offense have success? Now, Kansas, Baltimore's defense got two corners that can match up pretty well. So watch for the middle of the field, the tight ends and the slot guys going to work for Kansas City here in this game. So really, really big game. Some other key things to look out for. Desperation game for Atlanta. Got to win at home. Um, New England at home against the Raiders. San Francisco, be careful for the second week in a row in New York. Philly, desperate for a win at home. has got to figure out their protection issues. Um, the Chargers, I guess, going with Tyrod Taylor. The Bucks going to Denver. And in Arizona, taking care of business against Detroit is what I'm looking for there to see if, uh, if they can handle that. On to some notes on this week's college action. Uh, and kind of combining what the film showed and where things are headed. So Miami is look good. How good? How far can this team go? They're not. Clemson category, no, they're not that. But who's the second best team in the ACC is is fair game, and Miami is 
fair to be in that discussion. Uh, I don't like Florida State's chances here. I think Miami's look better, and Florida State looks um, playing very individualistic, and that's got to change. If Miami reverts back to playing sloppy, Florida State has enough talent defensively to cause some turnovers, create some problems. I just don't see enough out of Florida State's offense uh, to beat them, but Miami screws around. Who knows what could happen? Um, Some big games around the country. Kentucky-Auburn, Kentucky's offensive line, very good, very underrated, one of the best in the country. Auburn defensively is going to be challenged. The key to this game is the offensive tempo of Auburn. Got to up the tempo a little bit to get Kentucky misaligned on defense because Kentucky is a very sound gap control team. And getting a misaligned with tempo is going to be pivotal in this game. Louisville Pitt, I think a, maybe the best ACC game of the weekend. Louisville responding to the loss. Solid football team. I think they've got some offensive playmakers. They've got an edge here, there. Pitts a little bit better at the line of scrimmage. Going to be a real good matchup in Pittsburgh. Iowa State, TCU. Learn a little bit about TCU. I don't think Iowa State's as bad as they looked against Louisiana Lafayette. I think they respond. I think it's going to be a really good game. And it will help us determine, along with West Virginia, Oklahoma State, who is the leading candidate for the third best team in the Big 12 at this point? Uh, Oklahoma State, obviously, backup quarterback in the game, struggled against Tulsa. Um, going to be challenged a little bit more, but got a little, got a week to prepare. Oklahoma State's the more talented team of the two, but can they take care of business at home against West Virginia? I think so, but we shall see. Tennessee, South Carolina, really intriguing. Both of these teams can cover. In the secondary, I'm talking about that point spread. Um, you can do that as well, I guess. But both of these teams can cover what quarterback's going to step up. Is Garantano going to step up? Colin Hill is very familiar with the Mike Bobo offensive system. Uh, I think Tennessee's got a better offensive line. They've got a better running game. Quarterback play is going to determine it, though. I think both of these defenses are pretty solid. Uh, They've got good leadership on Tennessee's defense. I think Tennessee's a little bit better. I think they win on the road here. But I want to see Tennessee play clean from the start. Last year was a disaster to start the season. And no, there's no carryover in football. You've got to start it over, and we'll see what happens there. Um, Those are the big matchups of the weekend. Uh, Curious to see a little bit about what NC State does, Virginia Tech. Alabama will roll against Missouri. Uh, what does Georgia's offense look like? How much they show in the passing game against Arkansas? Won't need to, but we'll see how that plays out. This Duke team is struggling right now. They go on the road at Virginia. Interested to see what happens there. Tech, Texas Tech, close Texas. Texas Tech has been struggling early, been struggling with the COVID. Texas looks pretty good. Uh, Army Cincinnati is a really off-the-radar game that you should pay attention to. Very good teams. Army's running the football well. This is a very good Cincinnati team that may be as good a group of five team as there is in college football. However, defending this Auburn, uh, Auburn Army offense is quite the challenge. Uh, Notre Dame-Wake Forest has been canceled. Um, 
Mississippi State LSU, um, sparse crowd in Tiger Stadium. LSU will be able to run the football, control the game at the line of scrimmage. Will they bite a little bit too much and be too aggressive on defense? Be patient. This Mississippi State offense won't be in full gear, I don't think. Um, different look, but I do think that LSU's quite a bit better and it'll be the difference. Hey, we're going to have, again, we fill complete film room breakdowns on all of these games. So you're going to get much more details about why we think things are going to happen the way they're going to think and the way we think they're going to happen. So check it out. The college game, the pro game, we got it all for you. Check out LandryFootball.com. Join us for uh, a month. Try it out. Uh, take advantage of the big discount at the, the special discount. Click here, big savings. Click on that. That'll get you the best rate ever. Uh, the uh, year membership is a great one to have because it covers you for entire year, all the football season, all the playoffs, recruiting, NFL free agency, the draft, all the way through next year. It, it gets you gets you through an entire calendar year. So take advantage of that now. You're going to absolutely love it. Um, make sure that if you're listening to this podcast, that you check us out and watch us do the show live on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. So uh, it'll um, – it, uh, it'll go to there, uh, click the heart button, like us, and join us in the tra- chat room. You will absolutely love it. Uh, we think you will uh, enjoy the participation part of it. So we appreciate you joining us. And again, a reminder that check out everything over at LandryFootball.com, our hub, as you get ready for the games this weekend and beyond. All the news and notes inside the notebook, all the late information that you're going to need to do to know to prepare for the game. That's what we provide for you. So make sure that you check it out. Um, Appreciate you joining us again. Join us next week for another edition of the Landry Football Podcast on LandryFootball.com. So long, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.